0: Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 29th of April. My name is Sam Kozlowski and helping me make sense of today's news is Zara Seidler. Making news today. A review into New South Wales ministerial offices.
1: Mass COVID-19 vaccination hubs.
0: Some good news about bees.
1: And a deep dive into gun control 25 years on from the Port Arthur massacre. Here's today's Daily Digest.
0: A review into New South Wales ministerial offices by former Sex Discrimination Commissioner Prue Goward has been described as brutal by New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. The strongly worded report found, quote, protections and processes available to ministerial staff are unclear, ineffective and inadequate. Berejiklian commented on the 13 recommendations made in the report, saying, I am keen to adopt all the recommendations and there will be an opportunity for consultation in the next phase of this process.
1: Staying with Premier Gladys Berejiklian, she announced yesterday that a mass COVID-19 vaccination hub will be opened on May 10th at Sydney Olympic Park. The facility will be the first used to vaccinate frontline healthcare and quarantine workers and their families, with other New South Wales residents who do not have a GP able to book from May 24th. The clinic will have capacity to administer 30,000 doses of the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines within a week.
0: Health officials in Fiji are concerned over a COVID-19 outbreak after the Indian variant was detected there this week. The cluster emerged from a soldier who worked at a quarantine facility, who tested positive and transmitted the disease to his wife, who then attended a funeral with 500 other people. As of Tuesday, Fiji has recorded 109 cases and just two deaths in a population of 930,000 since the pandemic began. Lockdowns have been announced to avoid an outbreak.
1: We're going pretty niche for our good news today, but the good news is that the bee population in the Netherlands has steadied after the implementation of a bee-friendly strategy that included bee hotels, bee stops and a honey home.
0: <laughs> 11,000 bee lovers from the Netherlands participated in the bee counting exercise as part of the fourth edition of the National Bee Census, which revealed no strong decline in the bee population. I'm buzzing. The census aims to collect five years' worth of bee data before drawing definitive conclusions on bee population trends. That's a low point for our podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we need to achieve
0: a total prohibition on the ownership, possession, sale, and importation of all automatic and semi automatic weapons.
1: So that was former Prime Minister John Howard in 1996 talking about the government's national buyback scheme for guns. And that was announced following the Port Arthur Massacre, which happened 25 years ago yesterday. And for me, it always felt like this mythical thing that had happened in the past. I wasn't alive when the Port Arthur Massacre happened. And it's very easy day to day now in Australia to forget that there was a time where people had guns in this country and there were mass shootings like Port Arthur. Sam, on the 25th anniversary, what did you want to talk about?
0: So I quickly wanted to cover off what happened 25 years ago yesterday and then take you through the 12 days after the shooting ...because it was some of the quickest formation of law in Australia we've seen in modern times. I think it's important to note as well that some of these laws are now being called into question for their effectiveness... ...and I wanted to tell you why that is. So here's the short version of what happened on the 28th of April 1996. 35 people were killed and 23 wounded in Port Arthur, Tasmania. The gunman opened fire on shop owners and tourists with two semi-automatic rifles at the Port Arthur Historic Site...
1: Which if you ever get a chance to visit in Tasmania is really, really incredible. And they have guides there that talk you through the history of Port Arthur pre the massacre and post. And it's just an amazing place to visit if you're ever in Tassie.
0: The gunman was later given 35 life sentences without the possibility of parole.
1: And we're not going to name him because the media is moving away from actually naming gunmen. It should be about the victims, not about the perpetrators.
0: As you can imagine, this event... Totally rattled Australia and dominated the news for weeks and months after it. Within the space of 12 days, Australia totally revolutionized their gun laws. 643,000 firearms were handed in at a cost of $350 million to the government, and that was funded by a temporary increase in the Medicare levy. Basically, what Prime Minister John Howard coordinated with all states and territories at the time, which is particularly interesting because Tasmania itself and Queensland were very opposed to any sort of gun regulation. He restricted the legal ownership and use of self-loading rifles, shotguns, and tightened controls on their legal use by recreational shooters. Then he implemented something called the buyback, and that's the 643,000 figure I told you about before. He basically said to all Australian gun owners, we will purchase the guns back off you to get them off the streets. And it really worked.
1: I remember when I went on exchange to DC a couple of years ago and there were two things that Americans would always raise with me. One, did I catch a kangaroo to school? And two... How did you exist in a society without guns? And I think it's always really important when we're talking about gun control in Australia to ask why we can't see the same gun control happen in America where there are mass shootings almost daily. And that just goes to the fundamental fact that guns are quite literally enshrined in the US Constitution. The Second Amendment of the Bill of Rights protects the right to keep and bear arms, So it's not as easy as John Howard's spyback scheme was, though that wasn't easy and as revolutionary as it was. But this would take deep constitutional change that America just seemingly can't get past. And they also have a really strong gun lobby. That's not to say, though, that we didn't have strong opposition here in Australia too. As a bit of a side note, when Scott Morrison didn't come out to meet protesters after the Brittany Higgins sexual assault allegations came out... Many commentators compared it to when John Howard came out to face a whole lot of really angry gun owners when this policy was announced. And many pointed to the former Liberal Prime Minister as an example of just leadership in the face of opposition. And so even those in the Liberal Party were making those comparisons. All right, Sam. So if we take a step back, where are we at now? How is gun ownership looking in this country? So the rate of
0: gun ownership at the moment is about 3.41 guns per hundred. To put that into a bit of context for you, in America, it's 120.5 guns per hundred.
1: That is insane.
0: Yeah, but despite this remarkably low figure for the implementation of a program 25 years ago, The fact that it's still kept low is amazing. There are still some criticisms around the way that gun registration is coordinated in Australia. The key criticism at the moment is about the failure of a national registration system to get up. So at the moment, gun registration is very similar to how we register our cars. We register with our state authorities and there's a record of who owns the gun and where they bought it. The problem that authorities are finding is that when guns travel interstate, they lose track of the weapons... And there's a pattern in organised crime of guns being relocated state to state. Many advocacy groups have put forward this proposal for a national firearms register. However, the issue that government authorities are facing at the moment is largely tech-based, and it's about the transfer of information across state lines. It's a bit complicated, but they've now required all state and federal crime authorities to transfer to another database called the Australian Firearms Information Network. The bottom line amongst all of this information is that there's not really one centralised place for authorities to go with the National Gun Register, and many are calling for its existence.
1: Either way you look at it, we're extremely, extremely lucky to live where we live. And 25 years on, we live in a very different Australia. On that note, that's all we have time for today. But in the meantime, if you want to follow the day's news on Instagram... Follow us at The Daily Oz. It's where over 100,000 readers get their news every day and we'd love you to become part of the community.